Everybody. My name is Coach Jody. I am a CrossFit affiliate owner in Tampa Bay with a background in entrepreneurialism, business, marketing, and all things CrossFit and fitness training. And I'm Jenna. I am an ER nurse with a bachelor's in both exercise science and nursing and soon to be CrossFit coach. Yes. We're very excited. Welcome to the show. This is Pretty, Pretty Gritty. Woo! Welcome back. Welcome. Do we have an October goal? Finish the 75 hard. Good. We're in the very, we're in the very, very last stretch. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of birthday gifts to buy. Mm, or yeah. A lot husband. of people born in October. I don't know if I have a lot of... Um, if I had to have a skill-based goal, like a physical goal, I would say really just like continuing to hone in on the muscle up, make sure that like. What you got up. two of? Yes, uh, four over the course of the day. Four over the course yes. of the day. Yes. So we're excited about that. They're back. Um, we've honed. We've honed back in on the skill. So that we've lost. I guess if I had to like pick a physical goal, maybe just smoothen those out a bit. I don't necessarily expect myself to start high rep like connecting them. That's not what I mean. I just mean smooth out like the technique to where every other one isn't my legs like flailing out looking for a ring pull to lean off of to like push against <laughs> that would be cool um your binky bar yes yes <laughs> um get off the emotional support ring pulls <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um so that that'd probably be one but yeah no finishing the 75 hard and then probably more business goals than anything getting everything around yeah. for the party that's always a lot like a lot in a good way um it's you know, and it's month. tyler's birthday it is spooky month. yeah i my other goal is to wear my wad bottom spooky set as frequently as possible yeah but also to make sure that it's washed in time to make it for the actual halloween workout are you going to wear a costume for a halloween workout um probably not because if i invest in a costume it's probably going to be for the party um. and i'll probably like go pretty hard for that like I did last year. We were Jack and Sally and we pulled that off very well. Love that. It was a, it was a mood. Um, but I have my wad bottom set that I think you saw for yeah. spooky season and I will wear that. Good. And I also have a West Shore spooky shirt that Tyler designed last year. So Ooh. if we don't pull another one together, which hopefully by the time this is coming out, I will have remembered to ask him about that. A West Shore spooky shirt? I'll, I'll be yes. down for that. I definitely yes. am not going to dress up for the workout, the spooky workout, just because I like to work out in my workout clothes yes. and not a costume. I like, like something festive. Yeah, costumes are inherently uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and doing CrossFit is also inherently uncomfortable, <laughs> so it's, I don't yeah. want to double down on that. I just, yeah, want, that's, that's, I just want it from one direction, but I will wear right. like spooky fun thing, like yes. spider, the festive things. Yeah. And if we have a shirt, what but. do you think you're going to be? I'm going to be Dr. Harleen Quinzel like for it. Halloween. Are you going to be the doctor or are you going to be like after she goes crazy? I don't know. It, so I haven't quite decided. The doctor would be a lot of fun, but I don't think a lot of people are going to pick up on it. Mm. But if I commit to her after she goes crazy, it's definitely going to be Suicide Squad Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. So that's the best one. Yeah. That's the best one. So that's. 
you know, I'm just like going to channel my inner Harley Quinn because I am her. I like it. <laughs> In I, so many ways. I relate to her a lot, too. <laughs> I don't know what Tyler and I are going to be this year. We'll figure it out. We'll do something. Well, you've got almost a month to think about it. Mm -hmm. I really always wanted to be Catwoman. So really leaning towards like a Batman Catwoman vibe. You got to go DC. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, unpopular opinion. DC over Marvel. I agree. Just because it's psychologically dark and... Marvel's movies are better, but they captivate a wider audience. However, yeah. I'm so tired of the happy I, endings. I can, <laughs> I can take or leave Marvel movies. Um, I did see Blue Beetle, and that was very cute. Mm. And I also loved that it really um, gave a little bit more of a... <sighs> Word choice is important. I enjoyed that it celebrated and was about, and the main character was about um, a Hispanic family right. and, you know, a person of color. And I think that that was really exciting that Marvel did that. Now, of course, Marvel has been known for celebrating people of color in their movies. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe to date, now I'm not a big Marvel person, so I could be speaking out of turn, but I don't believe that they have honored or celebrated any characters that were particularly Hispanic yet. So it was really cool that they wrote that into that narrative and I enjoyed that. That was a really cute movie. Yeah. And I think we saw it in IMAX or Dolby. I don't know. Something cool. It was, <laughs> something it was a good cool movie. Something cool big. Yes. Yes. I think it was IMAX. It was good. It was good on the big screen. Yeah. I definitely really like, well, I guess most superhero stories are like, they overcome some obstacle, which makes them a superhero. But in DC, by and large, there's a lot of superhero storylines where it's they, they're they fighting all of the darkness that's inside of them in mm -hmm. addition to overcoming obstacles. And so the heroes in those narratives typically understand both sides. Yeah. And they're fighting for a cause. So that's what captivates me. Anyways, that's my opinion. Yes. I'm not knocking Marvel. <laughs> if that's what you like, that's fine. Marvel's, Marvel's great too, but I'm yeah. a DC fan. So if, if, I, if I had to be a fan, I'd say DC. So today's episode, not about Halloween, Marvel, or DC. It's about this is true. <laughs> body dysmorphia. Yay. <laughs> so we'll go down that rabbit hole. So I think even particularly so in the fitness community, Everyone has some body dysmorphia in some shape or form in, God, social media and the filters and the content surely has not helped any. So when I was younger, I too have body dysmorphia, but when I was younger, what was celebrated for females is, you know, New York City runway model. Mm-hmm. You know, what What was that show with Tyra Banks? Oh, America's that, Next Top Model. Yeah, America's Next Top Model. So, like, of course, that's those are the reality shows at the time. That's what you're seeing. And everyone is thin, and that is what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Until CrossFit. <laughs> it came into my life. So, I... My body dysmorphia story is I was always thin, and no one feels bad for you for being like, I had body dysmorphia because I was thin. Blah, blah, blah. Everything is too big on me. But the thing was, I looked sickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it definitely looked like I had something wrong with me. I played soccer. 
five foot ten, even though the scale is not telling me I'm thin, like size extra small or small and things. I look thin and I look sickly and then CrossFit put all, some muscle on me. It mm-hmm. like shaped me out and gave me more of a feminine looking body. Like I got hips, I got a butt, I got yeah. some, some shoulders. <laughs> so I don't know. That was my body dysmorphia story. I don't know if you had a similar journey or a different journey. So the interesting thing about body dysmorphia. So I want to ask Tyler about it not too long into the original start of the journey because I felt like I was struggling with something and I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I didn't know that term existed. And then he said it and I learned what it was. And he said simply, it's when your mind's eye can't catch up to the reality of what's there. Right. The picture's distorted. There's three groups of people that specifically suffer with it a lot. And you could, I guess, consider two of those groups kind of a subsect of the other, but I also feel like also not always. Right. That'll make sense in a second. So the first group, people with ADHD. Very high risk for body dysmorphia. Very, very high risk. It's, Guilty. It's literally a rider with attention deficit disorder. Like, you know, like when you sign a bill and it's got a bunch of riders in on that bill, same thing with ADHD. It's one of the many riders that comes with that, just like resection or rejection sensitivity and all the other things. Articulation disorder, it's, it's a rider with that. Doesn't mean all people with ADHD have it, but there's a high probability that they do. Yeah. So that's number one. The second big group of people, what you said, people that are in fitness or sports or whatever, because our bodies are always in flux, depending on our season, depending on where we're at in our cycles, depending on what kind of training we're doing. Especially as a female, too, Yes, hormonal fluctuations. Well, for women, yes, those kind of cycles, absolutely, and also cycles in your training, whether you're in a heavy lifting, more of a bulk stage, or if you're more focused on lighter, faster weights and more cardio and more endurance, Um, even what time of year it is, if it's very hot or if it's very cold, sometimes where you live, um, can even vary like for CrossFitters, if you are swimming a lot and you're swimming in cold environments that can burn a lot of extra body fat, you're going to look leaner. Um, people that are heavily into, um, and that's because shivering utilizes glucose. So it kind of burns more calories. That's that part. That's why. Yes. The body attempts to warm itself up to internal body temperature, which is around 97 to 99 degrees. Which is why I always thought that (laughs) it was weird that people would line up their bulking seasons to winter. I do think it's strange, too, because I tend to... Well, here's the thing. Holidays and stuff. Yes. Yeah, you can put on weight, but I like tend to lean out during the winter time too just cuz <laughs> I've always been that way. I'm I'm that crazy person who's going to wear shorts in the cold weather. <laughs> shorts and a t-shirt. I, I, I like that. the cool air. Um I feel that. So anyway, so fitness bodybuilders. Bodybuilders. Um, so bodybuilders especially in their cycles, like especially if they compete Um, Even from day to day, it can fluctuate from them depending on if they have the pump or not. That's Mm. why, like, there's kind of, um, I don't know, I want to call it like an internet meme 
or like internet trope almost about the pump covers. Like you see the super ripped person and they're always in a hoodie and long sleeves and baggy pants, but they're like ripped to the heavens. Right. And it, that's body dysmorphia. They don't like how they look when they don't have a fresh pump. Like that's, it, it's a trope, but it's it's rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, thir- third, the, the third group of people, which again could be classified into fitness, but I feel like not always because that can be achieved with surgery, sickness, etc. is people that have just gained or lost or gained and lost or done that multiple times, yo-yo dieters, for example, big amounts of weight throughout their life and what would what could be quantified as a short period of time. Right. And I would consider a short period of time anything less under a year and a half. Um, Correct. Those are also high-risk people almost guaranteed to have body dysmorphia. I won't put words in people's mouth and I won't label people, but I would say at least 75%, and that's being very low-end guessing of that group, that demographic of people suffering with body dysmorphia. So I actually did a research meta-analysis. This was years ago. So back in 2013, so almost 10 years ago when I was getting my exercise science degree on eating disorders of all things. And the statistic then was 90% of females have body dysmorphia or have had an inappropriate relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And like eating disorders don't just affect females. They, they affect males in terms of whatever their sport is. So there's this specific area, this, is related to body dysmorphia. It's called eating disorders, not otherwise specified, I think, etnos. And this particular subset of eating disorders specifically affects males in sport. So think of like defensive linemen in football. They 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 have an eating disorder. They got to eat a lot of food because mm-hmm. they got to be stocky to Mm -hmm. hold you back yeah (laughs) or to take a hit or the offensive line they've got to eat a little bit less so that they can be fast runners and now wrestling is like the number one male sport Mm -hmm. that has eating disorders too because you got to make weight yeah there's some really dangerous practices that go with with weight with um wrestling wrestling yeah even like dehydrating practices and things and rough. even just like males versus females specifically, <laughs> what we look for <laughs> in this day and age is completely opposite of like primarily genetically what our bodies want to do. So males want to bulk up, right? They want to gain mu- lean mass and muscle and they want to look big and mm-hmm. like their muscles could deadlift a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas females, we want to look Petite, still strong, but more on the petite end. When we were cavemen and women, women had to put on weight mm-hmm. <laughs> so that they could feed the children, and men had to take off weight so that they could run away from and the, hunt. Yeah. the predators or hunt. And so it's so funny to see how that's reversed. And, you know, I get contemptuous towards males because the second that they like are like i'm gonna lose weight they drop weight like that obviously mm-hmm. because they're genetically predisposed to do it and Absolutely. the second i'm like 
I want to lose weight or gain muscle is just such an uphill hill battle for yes, females. Very much so. Because <laughs> our bodies just want to stay, you know, we want to retain fat. But where we win is we hold our fat in our hips and our butt. Mm -hmm. And men hold their weight in their gut, which is not ideal this is where we win the one place we win physiologically right yeah men hold their weight in their gut which is on your like your main organs so it's mm -hmm. not the healthiest luckily it comes down pretty quick though yeah with good eating correct probably still the last thing that shapes up but still is going to be expedited from if we were trying to lean up. i mean not that you can spot train fat that's completely a myth <laughs> 100%. Do not spot train. Yes. Different. Do CrossFit across 10 domains and everything yes. will look good. <laughs> Doing exercise anywhere impacts everywhere. Essentially. Yes. In, in very simplified terms. Um, so how do you fix it? So part of, part of it is kind of knowing once you're on this journey, to be honest, I don't know that there is completely a way to make it go away. It, might, it won't. Okay, I was gonna say you might have a different take. No. However, you don't have to give it power. Yes, that's exactly. You don't where have I was to give it that. power. Now, there's uh, one of my favorite grounding exercises, and this was actually given to me um, by a psychiatrist. It's a grounding technique where, when you feel like you're spiraling and you're really scared that you're either putting on weight or you're not sure where you're at is like literally it's almost like a self-touch practice but I don't mean that in a weird way like like literally like feel your shoulders your muscle is there you can still feel your muscles feel your hips okay they're yeah. still the way that they were checking in in like the different places in your body this is usually for somebody that's been on an extreme weight loss journey that's terrified they're putting weight back on it's kind of a self-check of like feel yourself like you are still you, you are still, yeah. nothing's, nothing's changed in your Except head. Except for two pounds. Right. <laughs> like, and that's not going to make or break anything. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, long term it will, but like in the short term and per week, not so much. Yes. Um, and then talking about the scale. So here's the thing with the scale. It is a tool. If you mentally cannot allow it to just be that you really don't need it now if you can allow yourself to use it as a tool accept the data without judging it and also have a scale device that's going to give you more than a num just one arbitrary number, it can be a very powerful tool in healing, in healing on that journey. But it has to be more than just one number and there has to be some kind of consistency to using it. So I always say either use it the same time every day or the same time every month, anything else in between. If you can't do one of those two things, then you need to just not have it. Or maybe even, I can even compromise and say maybe once a week at the same time. Yeah. But that consistency over time is where you're going to get real information. And it takes probably, if you're doing it once a month, 
it's going to take at least three to five months, maybe even closer to six, to get a good baseline on how your body cycles, depending on your lifting cycles, your training cycles, how you're eating, what your goal is, hormonal fluctuations, life, that data over time actually will give you a decent baseline on what your body's actually doing. Intermittently weighing yourself is a very dangerous game because you're going to get a skewed vision. Like if you're somebody who weighs yourself, let's say on a Monday morning, you're straight up out of bed, you're fresh fasted, all that good stuff, you haven't even had your cup of coffee yet, you weigh yourself. You decide randomly Wednesday night before you go to bed to step on the scale. You've eaten, you've been awake all day, so gravity has impacted some things. Um, your body's probably fluctuated if you've worked out, either higher or lower, depending on what that training looked like, et cetera, and so forth. You're going to get a very different number Wednesday night, 48 hours after you just weighed yourself in the morning and could very easily trigger a spiral to some degree you're almost doing that to yourself yeah yeah you you definitely put yourself in a precarious position with that even even something so minuscule as was the meal I ate today a little bit higher in salt content you're gonna retain mm -hmm. water or even yeah. like when you wake up say instead of Wednesday night, just Wednesday morning as opposed to Monday morning, right? Mm -hmm. So Wednesday night, did I eat a high salt meal? It's going yeah. to like, these are, you're right, it's a tool. I myself, when I was at 14% body fat, and that's for a female, that's not a lot. That is that's very like, low. that is very low. I still weighed 168 pounds. So mm -hmm. I'm five foot 10. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that goes to show you, like, there's some numbers for you. I don't step on a scale. I do it once every six months just to make sure, like, things aren't getting out of control. But I go by feel, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm in tune with my body because I've been in tune with my body for so long that I can go by that. Yeah. Are my clothes fitting the same? Is, like, and if they're not, if they're feeling tighter in, say, my shoulders, is it because now I have more muscle in my shoulders as opposed to I'm getting right. fat? right that's why i love pictures right picture exactly. taking is powerful correct that's one of my favorite metrics which is one thing that i enjoyed about the 75 hard because you have to take a picture every day and i think that that's very powerful now i don't necessarily now unless you you are doing the 75 hard specifically i don't necessarily think you have to take a picture every single day but right. i do think that that is a lot healthier even than the scale but i think both have its place and now the scale depending on where you are in your fitness and health and wellness journey the scale is a useful tool because it provides data concrete mm -hmm. data numbers are concrete data so you want to look at not just and even in healthcare it's the same way just this one number on this blip of time it's just a blip of time right you want to trend mm -hmm over time right. to it's see trends. what's going on. So are you f doing these big fluctuations? Are you going five pounds up and then, then 10 pounds down and then five pounds back up? Like that's not sustainable. You wanna look mm -hmm. at over time, am I fluctuating? I would say like about around five pounds in either direction is an okay fluctuation depending on how often it's happening. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially for women. Five right. pounds is nothing in our world. God. <laughs> Women. <laughs> <sighs>
I would give it up if I could. (laughs) (laughs) The hormonal stuff. That's why they don't do a lot of research on women is just because you can't control. There's too many variables to control. Yeah. We're a harder control subset. What else did I want to talk about body dysmorphia? Okay. So males with body dysmorphia, I mean, we have an athlete who has lost a lot of weight recently and is just terrified to gain it back so they're not eating to fuel their body. Mm-hmm. It's okay to fuel your body. Yes. Create that appropriate relationship with food, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to fuel your body with Skittles and Coke. <laughs> right. Maybe, like, it's okay to eat chicken and broccoli. Right. Vegetables are not going to make you fat. <laughs> oh. It's CrossFit's nutrition in a hundred words, right? Right. Meats, seeds, vegetables, some starches, some fruit. I'm missing one. Maybe that was a holiday. Low sugar. And no sugar. No sugar. Yes. No sugar. Yeah, sugar. <laughs> when I, I did this did 21. I say starch? It's some starches. Oh, some starch. Yes. Meats, vegetables, seeds, nuts. Some fruit, some starches, and no sugar. That's CrossFit nutrition in 100 words. Amazing. Yes, we made it. And that and that's <laughs> the ticket. And that's the ticket. And you can pretty much, and I mean, it continues of eat enough to support, to support, to sus- support. Support. Words are hard. Activities. Language is intuitive. Yes. <laughs> essentially support activities, but not enough to support body fat. Correct. So you can pretty much eat as much of those things as you want, and you'll be pretty safe. And now, our, be graceful with yourself, too. Our bodies are amazing machines. Think of how many heartbeats we have per day. If mm-hmm. you have at least 60 heartbeats per minute times 24 hours, like... Our heart is functioning, our brains function, we wake up, we're able to breathe, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're able to move weight no matter how little or great it is. You're, not everyone is able to do that. So it's, right. like you said, it's really important to like just touch yourself and remind yourself like, oh, these are muscles. Yes. These are my legs. Everything's, that help me walk and run. Everything's there. And function. Yes. <laughs> and... I don't know. Body dysmorphia is hard. You're right. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, and I've definitely had my fair share of spirals. Usually whenever I have a treat that is very outside of what I would normally have, like, I don't know, a treat from Starbucks or something, those kind of treats and splurges will really, really jack me up. Right. Um, Sometimes even the way, like, a certain outfit will lay or, like, sit on me and how it'll make me feel... Um, the biggest thing is being able to identify when that is happening because once you can call it out, a lot of times that'll stop the spin out when you can identify what it is. Right. And then usually in that moment, I'll just make a decision to not worry about it. I know that my body will look like itself again in 24 to 48 hours. I've even had myself feel like my body has looked like itself even as much as just after a workout. Like if I woke up feeling that way and I work out, now that is real body dysmorphia and I'm like, well, it's all real body dysmorphia, but like, um, 
like it's more uh, more extreme acute yeah yes that's (laughs) that's a very acute body dysmorphia situation and i'm working on that but it it doesn't have to ruin your day or even your life it doesn't have to interrupt who you are yes don't let it ruin the wins Sometimes I remind myself, so I've lost a lot of my family. My dad's gone, my grandparents are gone. And every once in a while when I start to really like feel like I'm spiraling out of control with it, I'll remind myself like never once have I looked at a picture of my grandmother and thought, I love this family photo, I wish she was five pounds lighter. I like that. That's That's never a thought that has ever crossed my mind. That is, okay, yeah, I love that. I've never thought of it in that way. You know, like when we're We'll gone, look at pictures of ourselves and say yes. that. But we, will, we will never look at a picture of someone else and say that. You know, who, who we are is so much more than what we weigh. Yeah. What my body can do and what it weighs is the least interesting thing about me. That's true. So, like, remembering that and holding on to those truths... That's how you heal. Yeah. And that's like, it. body dysmorphia is emotional. I've stood in the mirror and cried so many times in my life. And <laughs> you're just, I mean, we're all human. I'm, my weight has fluctuated, but you just, you cry because you get frustrated with yourself. But you do the best you can at the time you're doing it. And yeah. life throws you certain curveballs and you know, maybe working out and proper nutrition is not the priority. It's finances and whatever traumatic life event is happening at the time. You just kind of fall off the bandwagon. The point is you got to get back in the saddle. Mm-hmm. You can't just stay out of the saddle forever. And then when you look at yourself in the mirror, you remind yourself of all of the good things your body is doing for you, especially in those traumatic events. What is your brain doing? Your brain is surviving and your brain is processing and your brain is coping. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes that's enough. And that is something to be proud of your body for. That's what I tried to tell people coming out of 2020 because we opened right towards the end of 21. But people were just starting. So how do I say this? People that had really taken their time coming back into the world after the 2020 shutdown for whatever their personal convictions was, whether it was personal fear or they felt like they were protecting their community and their herd Mm -hmm. and all of that, all of that is great. But people were just kind of starting to tiptoe back into communities like the gym, any gym, not just our gym, not just CrossFit, any gym. Any gym, yeah. Um, Understandably so. Yes. (laughs) One thing I tried to tell people when they were coming back is, you know, during 2020, I put on a lot of weight. I was doing really good with my health. I was working out a lot, and then I kind of fell off, and here I am hoping to get back into it. And I was like, well, remember, during 2020, we were all just trying to survive, and it's okay if fitness wasn't your main first priority, right? That's kind of a first-world privilege. Yeah, survival was the name of the game. That's kind of a certain class privilege. Mm -hmm. If you were in a place where hierarchy and needs, where that was one of your big focuses. I mean, 2020, for my husband and I, to be honest, 
physically, we accomplished huge goals during that time, being able to just be at home together, be active with the dogs. You know, we had turned our garage into a small CrossFit box, <laughs> but before, before 2020 even happened, we had a lot of stuff already. So like we were just doing that because we didn't have anything else to do. I'd been laid off from Under Armour. Um, I wasn't going to go back to work at the gym until it reopened. I had a job waiting for me. Tyler was laid off. We were just home. Hoping <laughs> for the best. Yeah, so, for greener pasture. So we could do that, but that certainly wasn't everybody else's story. Right. Especially people that were all of a sudden working from home and teaching children from home and you know, or, you know, people that were just literally trying to survive, trying to figure out how to feed their kids because schools were closed, trying to figure out where to work because their retail store had shut down and they can't really afford anything. Anything, you know, people had different priorities. We were surviving, you know, women who weren't in healthy relationships all of a sudden stuck at home with their potential abuser, whether that be physical or mental or financial, especially financial at, at that time. It was, it, was a, it was a hard time for people. So when I hear that line of, I really fell off the wagon during 2020, I don't wanna say it's okay as in a sense of giving you permission to not take care of yourself, but in that very specific situation where we were surviving a global pandemic, it is okay because you probably had bigger problems. Mm -hmm. There were bigger problems in the world, yes. In your world, and the world as a whole, yes. <laughs> like, there are a lot of problems. Yeah, getting your daily pump was not a global priority at the time. Right. You know, and if you were able to do that, awesome. But if you weren't, it's okay. You were living through something in culture that had never been lived through before. And I, I do think it's hard as individuals for us to look at ourselves and tell ourselves that it's okay. I think mm -hmm. most people are pretty hard on themselves, even if it doesn't look like it from the outside, right? We're hardest on I ourselves. Agree. I agree. And you, you just have to, the way you talk to yourself is the way you'll allow a stranger to talk to you or anyone else in the world to talk to you. So make sure you talk to yourself with love, mm -hmm. right? And what you tell yourself is also gonna come back out and right. that's honestly a warning to parents. Correct. So my mom was always saying that like she wanted to just stop eating because she needed to lose weight. She always felt like she was overweight. And then it would slip out at certain times in my childhood and in my adolescence of those pants are looking a little tight on you. Think you've been having too many treats. You know, you need to go mm -hmm. run outside for a couple of days, like go run and play outside. You'll burn it up real quick. You'll be down that five pounds. You'll be back to normal. Watch how you speak to yourself because it's going to come out. Absolutely does. Internal thoughts are not just internal thoughts. They do eventually come out. Mm -hmm. Everything comes to roost one way or the other. Yeah. So try your best to practice self-love in whatever form that takes. Journaling, meditating, yoga, going to the gym, fueling your body. You might have a different take on this too, but I think it's okay if you're not having a good mirror day to not be in the mirror. 
I don't, I don't know if that's a coping mechanism that I've created and that's not really a good thing. I've created it and it's called avoidance coping. I do it all the time. That's why I don't step on the scale. <laughs> I'm like, that is an inappropriate thought and I know it's an inappropriate thought, but I can't stop it. So I'm just going to remove the instigator. Yes. Thought, right? <laughs> that's what I do. Like, I just kind of feel like if me and the mirror just can't get along that day, that's okay. We'll try again tomorrow. Now, I... I'm hoping that I can grow out of that because, again, just like the scale, the mirror is also a tool. Yes. And the mirror is also always going to be distorted because it's a mirror. Right. Same thing with yeah. cameras. Cameras yeah. just have They're a not way. Real yeah, it's not a real image. Correct. So, you know. They always say the camera adds 10 pounds. Like, if you can't stop yourself from standing in the mirror and picking yourself apart, you don't need the mirror that day. Not the day for the mirror. You don't need the mirror that day. That's correct. No. No, I can As you agree. go along in your healing journey, like I said, hopefully you can get to a place where the tool the mirror is just a tool and it's for putting your makeup on right, making sure your, your ponytail doesn't have any hairs out of place and your clothes don't have dog hair on them. It's a tool. <laughs> but if it cannot <laughs> and that your clothes and leggings yes, aren't If it cannot be respected <laughs> as such, you probably don't need it that day. And that's all right. But you don't want the days that you avoid the mirror to add up. Yes. That needs to be by far the, the yes. minority. Yes. Intermittently. <laughs> and then, too, I think it's, it's hard not to touch on gender. Men definitely struggle with body dysmorphia, but I am a female, so I can speak to the female side of it and mm -hmm. the, the research backing the women in body dysmorphia, you know, we we just don't lose weight as quickly as males because we just don't have as much lean muscle mass. Right. Lean muscle mass is the metabolically active tissue. That's the tissue that at baseline, at rest, is going to burn more calories. And so it's okay for us to take a little bit longer too. Mm -hmm. And... So we get into the whole fear of women lifting weights and feeling like they're going to look bulky. Absolutely, let's do that. Okay, I didn't know if that was. <laughs> Remember, its own. muscle is the metabolically yes. active tissue. Lift I didn't know weights, if that was a, muscle, a different burn episode. Burn calories at baseline. Yes, I didn't know if that was a different episode. <laughs> and I that's like, all I have to say about. I feel that like episode. that could be its own episode. It could be, but we could touch on it now. Yes. <sighs> women don't put muscle on like that. Women that you see at the bodybuilding shows and whatnot specifically with the figure shows a lot of them are chemically altering their makeup to support the muscle mass that they're putting on maybe not all i'm sure not all i would hope not all somebody would get caught eventually um <laughs> some of them do but for the most part that is what's happening there as far as the crossfit females or severe dehydration or severe dehydration that can be part of it too CrossFit women that you see that look very built up and some would consider them bulky, you will not train hard enough, long enough, nor eat enough to ever achieve that. So I don't know who's living and dying on that and they're using that as their litmus of being afraid of lifting weights. Um, but let me tell you, you're not gonna put that kind of time in. <laughs> I have been trying to put on muscle for a very long time and what I have I'm trying for dear life I am fighting for my life to hold on to it because mm -hmm. even when you put it on as 
woman, it's very difficult to hold on to. Yes. So I'm fighting for my life to maintain the muscle. But my ladies that are tired and sleepy all the time and all, you always feel like you need a nap or you need more caffeine or you need more coffee or you're not sleeping good enough or whatever, chances are is you're probably not fueling enough and you probably could use some more lean mass on your body. Correct. And for my ladies that classify themselves, well, that could be classified as overweight, if you want the weight to come off, muscle's going to help expedite that process. Metabolically active tissue. Cardio is so boring. Play with the weights. It's fun. I'm really great at cardio, so I love it. You tell me to run, sure, whatever. Well, I'm not saying ditch the cardio. I mean, CrossFit's a lot of cardio, but it's okay to mix it up with some weightlifting. You're not going to... I have even had women who tell me that they love how I look, but I even have a little bit more muscle than they want. Tell them the same thing. I've been doing this almost nine years. You will not train enough, you will not eat enough, and you will not be consistent enough to probably achieve what this, this looks like. This, right. You're like, <laughs> understand this what has this taken has taken a lot of life. Yes. <laughs> and I was a long distance runner for two years before I started CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even still, you look at yourself and you're like, I just look weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just look weird. I do like them. I'm just not used to seeing myself with them. Like, I mean, yeah. my body type's definitely achievable. I say some of that in jest. But, I mean, it's it's a little bit true. I mean, look at how frequent, look at how much, like, Tyler and I work out. For, skip the 75 hard. The, when I'm in, when I'm doing my compete, I probably like push. two a days for six with days this, a week. The 75 hard, I actually think might have moderated my training volume. Right. And I know that sounds weird to say, but it's it's true. Because when I do the compete, I work out sometimes two and a half hours straight. Mm -hmm. And then whatever miscellaneous I need to catch up on later. Yeah. Whereas with the 75 hard, it's a class plus 45 minutes. So I actually think the 75 hard reduced you my reduced training volume. Your... <laughs> <laughs> and you gained more muscle and lost more weight. Weird. Yeah, imagine that. This is um, Yes, and actually my joints and my body feel fabulous from it. Yeah. Just because like... You're not as hard on them. Yeah, you simply just cannot produce, at least in the... the I don't really have a way to lift like I lift in the compete track outside like I just don't yeah so it's reduced a lot of that inflammation and a lot of the pressure on the joints and stuff and whatever my point, point <laughs> although it's achievable it is certainly not easy and I'm constantly fighting to hold the muscle that I have right and I'm also keep my body fat down because I've gained a lot of weight twice in my life so those fat cells are always just waiting to just <laughs> And that's okay. That's like, here, here's another thing. If I gain it, science. I can lose it. That's what I've learned. Once you gain a fat cell, you don't lose that fat cell. Mm -hmm. They change in size, mm -hmm. but you always have those fat cells, specifically women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we hang on to those fat cells for dear life. Mm -hmm. Well, think of what the female body was created to do. Give life, support life, feed life. 100%. We need body fat. And then, mm. like, for a hormonal balance, too, we need body fat. I mean, when I was younger, I was probably right around the 14% body fat that mm -hmm. I also achieved in my adult life. But 
stopped having periods. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not compatible with life. You you don't. It's not achievable to maintain that percentage of body fat. Yeah. It you can achieve it, but it's not reasonable to maintain it. Our bodies don't want to maintain that. It, women just have more fat on them. Yeah. We have boobies. We have a butt. Well, even like competing CrossFit athletes, like let's let's take the games athletes because that's an easy cycle to work off of. They maintain in that season between 16 to a low 18% body fat, which probably sounds surprising because if you think of competitors that do bodybuilding, they're down into like sometimes the single digits, even the females. Yeah. Anywhere from like 8 to 12%, and 12 is probably on the higher end of that actually. But we need body fat competing crossfit athletes specifically females we need body fat we need the fat to number one have energy and number two support our joints creates the most energy molecules yes <laughs> so we we need it because just like muscle supports the joint fat can do that a little bit too yes so we need that especially with the heavy lifting and the impact that that has on the body and i can tell you the competitions that I have performed the best, I have been heavier than I've wanted to be. Now, where that catches up to us as athletes is in the gymnastics, because you have to move that body weight swinging through the air in a pull-up bar. So I'm not gonna negate that. But I am talking with cardio and the endurance and the recovery and the heavy lifts, or even the light lifts that are performed quickly. Mm -hmm. We need some body fat. <laughs> that's, just, that's just what it is. That's just the sport. That's the sport that we've signed up for. So take that for what it is. And in the off season, the games athletes usually stay between a high 19, even up to the 22. Like Ben Bergeron was talking about Katrin um, and chasing excellence probably a couple of years ago now because that's not her coach anymore. But he was saying in the off season, like he'll let her in her macros, he'll let her have beers in the off season, you know, right. get those good carbs. Yeah. You know, they go to a wedding You're just for not having ten of them. Yeah, having like one, maybe two. Yes, like <laughs> yes, moderation is key. Yeah, but he he literally was like, yeah, all we do is thrusters and power lifts from these months to these months, and I let her have beer on Friday, and you know, if she's going to a wedding, she can have a slice of cake, and I want her to get big. He's yeah. like, I want big girls in that month. And then he's like, then, you know, spring hits around the time that everybody's in. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I want to thicken thick. up. And then he talks about, like, in the spring training season, you know, like, honestly, around Murph season, the endurance comes up and the volume comes up and the cardio comes up and the weights get lighter. And all of a sudden the beers aren't written into the macros anymore and he leans yeah. them out and they're ready for, for the games. That's very simplifying this. That was simplifying a 45-minute podcast into two sentences. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. this is not yeah. a, a I'm not, I'm not going to, to regurgitate all of that episode. You can dig around in there and find it somewhere. But you get my general point. Right. Uh, yeah. Moderation is key. Moderation is key, and body dysmorphia does not have to ruin your day. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty it's much gonna it. exist. We all have it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my body, but there are times I look at it and I'm like, I want this and this and change this and drop this and da da da. You know, and that's part of self actualization, right? If you mm -hmm. if you are 
comfortable, you become complacent. And mm -hmm. that creates no growth and no forward, forward movement towards any goal. You always have to have a goal. Just like you said before, just don't give a power. Yeah. You are still in control. It is good to point to say, though, I'm glad that you said that. This isn't a permission to just all of a sudden not worry about or not have physical goals. Right. It is okay, if, especially if you know, like, I'm going to use myself for an example. At 246 pounds, I knew that I had no business weighing that much. I had no business weighing. I am a 5'5 five, five frame. 246 pounds in a family that has a history of heart disease? You're like, shame on myself. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> that I'm is, out of control. <laughs> there was nothing wrong. And in fact, that was a healthy thing for me to want to start this journey. Correct. We just want to keep things like the body dysmorphia in check. Because if we start to let that ruin our life, it is a very slippery slope to, I don't like how I look today, so all of a sudden I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to leave the house turns into, I don't want to show up at the gym. I don't want to show up in the gym turns into adding 10 more pounds because our activity has decreased and we now are in a worse place than we actually even were to begin with. Mm -hmm. And you have that much more of a hole to dig out of. Now, as a CrossFit affiliate owner, mm -hmm. If you're recognizing that, like what are the signs to recognize that in an athlete? And then what do you do about it? Is there a follow-up like, hey, I haven't seen you show up to the gym. <laughs> like, like, how does that play out for you guys? So just to make sure I'm answering the right question, are you asking like if I'm identifying that in an athlete, how I approach it? Right, like an inappropriate body dysmorphia, therefore I've lost motivation and I'm not gonna do anything at all. Like, is that easily identifiable in an athlete or is that something that you have an inkling towards and it's... That really depends on the athlete. I will say it takes a certain point of a relationship for someone to admit that. Now, sometimes, what's more likely to happen is my athletes that I've been with for a while actually won't tell me. They will give me any other excuse as to why they haven't been in, and I kind of just have to feel it out to see if that's it. What's more likely is new people coming into the community that are shifting gotcha. out of that darker place that are ready to get their new journey. Ready. What's nice about that, yes is if I know they're coming in like that, I already know that that's a cycle and that's something that I can kind of motivational interview myself through if I start to see those warning signs. Got it. One warning sign that I feel I have seen is women that I know typically have no problem wearing their normal booty shorts, crop tops, sports bras and workouts, all of a sudden don't. And all of a sudden change what their style is in the gym unprompted. Ah, that's a telltale sign. That's, I that's usually that. a big telltale sign. Um, a lot of times it'll come out, they won't call it body dysmorphia. And just like me, it's very possible they might not know even how to quantify that or what that means. 
or not even realize they're doing it. Yeah, or not even realize right. they're doing it. Um, but it can come out of, I've just had a lot of anxiety lately, so it's just, it's been hard for me to do stuff. I've been feeling depressed, so it's been hard for me to do stuff. Fair. And it's, it's a That's little bit fair. more of a, yeah. a, a blanket answer of things versus I've been struggling with my body dysmorphia. I don't necessarily know that I've ever had somebody be quite like just like admit it like that in so many in so many words yeah but i don't know that it's a mainstream label i guess for you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think the uh, appearance the clothing is usually a really big indicator that somebody's struggling with that i wouldn't have thought of that that's true Mm -hmm. we unknowingly do it I've unknowingly done it. Yep. Now, a lot of the thoughts for yourself that you can start to check it. I mean, we've hit on, we've hit a lot on a lot of those, you know, having the urge to pick yourself apart in the mirror. Um, you feel like you don't look good in an outfit, even though it fits you fine. And it fits you the same way it did last time, but you feel uncomfortable in your, in your clothes and your body. Um, the feeling of every time you eat, you you think you feel bloated when you really are just full. <laughs> um, that's that's a really big indicator that you might be struggling with some body dysmorphia. Like I said, if it's really acute, kind of like what I've been dealing with, where I'll feel like I look bloated or I look not the way I did the day before and then I work out and all of a sudden magically I look fine. <laughs> um, that's that's a really big indicator that you're probably struggling with that a little bit. Yeah. You know, the woes of the world. Meh. But all that to be said, it exists. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all here. We've all been there. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but cannot consume you. Yes. Do not let it have the power that it should acknowledge it yes and what you need to do to move through it create a plan yes i think we can land this plane i think so too if you guys want to share your stories with us or you have any questions on the topic feel free to email us at pretty gritty at westforcrossfit.com or you can slide into the dms at pretty underscore gritty underscore podcast on the gram or my gram, J underscore regs, R-E-G-S. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly at jacked underscore by underscore Jody with a Y or the West Shore CrossFit Instagram. Thanks for joining us. Indeed. Win the day. Always. Look in the mirror or don't. Or don't. <laughs> but <laughs> look, but look in it tomorrow because you can't avoid a mirror forever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't avoid it for any longer than a week. Yes. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right. Bye, guys. See you next week. See you next week.